0: You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is a sad show. It's a sad show. Just telling Zach I'm so sad. You know why? Because this is our final, our final trade show of the season trade deadline is looming. For most people it is this week, week 11. So for some people it's week 12. If it's past week 12 in your league, I hope it's a dynasty league or maybe a keeper league. Some sort of weird keeper league that you can have going on. But um so we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of guys today. Not our typical buy sell show today. Okay? This is trade deadline week here at Upper Hand Fantasy, okay? Um we got some extra content coming out for this week in particular i have a bunch of buys okay guys who might have good schedules good situations moving forward zach has some as well got some sales as well guys who might have some tough matchups moving forward um if you guys want to look at like who are some targets that tyler has like tyler who's also another analyst on our team like he we're posting that over on instagram so go check out our instagram at instagram at upperhand fantasy Uh, We just posted this morning uh, trade targets, you know, for people who need to make that final push into the playoffs. So guys who have some good schedules over the next four weeks. And by the way, we do have our full strength of schedule up on our website at Upper Hand Fantasy. So if you're trying to figure out, like, who has a good schedule, who doesn't, you can just sort by that, you know, on our strength of schedule tool that we have on our website. So go check that out at Upper Hand Fantasy. We also have some articles for some trades that you can check out a whole bunch of stuff all right not only that but zach's newsletter that we've been pushing out every single morning at 9 a.m eastern time um you got to go check that out because it's absolutely free it's a five minute read it's very entertaining it gives you some chocked, chock full of nuggets in there okay yeah. um so you can go check that out uh if you go to our parent fantasy You can hit the newsletter button. It'll you can actually read all the prior newsletters as well, uh, even this morning's, um, and decide whether you want to be getting that in your inbox every day. I think it's a good use of time. All right. So, Zach, how's it going, man? Like, how you feeling, man? Like, this is the you know we're getting serious now, right? This is our last push here,
1: right? And if you're stuck and you're not moving anywhere, you're like sitting in that mid, like you're probably five hundred range. Like, you gotta make a push. This is where you guys start making some moves. So luckily for me, I'm doing all right in most of my leagues. So, I don't have to do a whole <laughs> lot of moves, but definitely, even if you're Ooh. doing well, you know, the trade deadline, you can maximize value. You know what I'm saying? Get some players off your team. If you look down the stretch, we're, t- we're going to be talking about playoff schedules, the rest of the season schedules, that kind of stuff. Look at your roster. It's never a bad time to look and see what you have and what you can turn it into the rest of the way. So definitely something that I'm going to be doing in the next couple of weeks. I'm not a big trader myself, but definitely, you know, something I'm going to be doing and we're going to be talking about plenty of them here. So you don't, you don't even have to do the thinking. We're going to be doing the thinking here for you.
0: I'm a big trader. I'm a big trader. I love to trade, you know, I, this year in particular, um, this season, I've been so just, just busy overall, right. You know, with upper hand and a whole bunch of other stuff going on. So I haven't been able to like, really, like I, one of my favorite things to do is like sit down and just like send out trades and like figure out what I need. I I, I didn't have a whole lot. Of time to do that in my own leagues like i would figure out like who i want to buy and sell like for this podcast and you know for the content but like you know and then i would try to go in like whoever i have uh you know on my list to buy or sell like i would make like a small attempt to do those things um you know in in you know in my leagues but like i yeah, just wish i practice. had more time to do <laughs> more of it um yeah I you know, some of the stuff is successful for sure. Some not so much. Um, but but yeah, I, I do have so there is a, a major piece of news that came out today. And that is that Deshaun Watson is going to be out for the rest of the season. He had a broken bone in his shoulder. He has a high he had a high ankle sprain as well. So he's gonna be out. Dorian Thompson Robinson is gonna make the start in week eleven, according to Mary Cabot, who is the cle- who's who's the beat reporter for the Browns, uh, not ideal. Um, I think you know this isn't great for Amari Cooper moving right. forward. Um, now, Amari Cooper did have two out of four, two, two out of the four games that he had without Deshaun Watson was solid. You know, like borderline wide receiver two range. You know, uh, wide receiver three rangeish. So he's yeah. not like dead for fantasy uh but it's not ideal um now he does have a pretty decent schedule over the next four games so i think he is startable but like if you want to get out of this situation i can totally understand that now i want to talk about jerome ford though i think he is a running back who i think is a little undervalued right now you know based on the role that he has obviously with the Deshaun Watson news, maybe he'll be easier to buy. And I'm not overly worried about Watson not being behind center the rest of the way when it comes to Ford, Like, it's not like Watson was like this amazing quarterback this year, right? They have a good defense. Right. That's going to allow this running game to rack up volume. You know, their identity is the run game on offense anyway. And, you know, the weeks without Watson this year, we've had several top 15 finishes out of this backfield. Okay, so now, you know, Ford hasn't scored a touchdown since week seven. He's been banged up, obviously, but the last two games, he's taken the clear lead in snaps. It jumped from 44% and 31% in week seven uh and nine. They had to the buy week eight, to sixty-three percent and sixty-six percent the last two weeks. He's averaging twenty-two and a half opportunities over the last two. His route participation has jumped to sixty percent. So, those targets are going to follow. He had a 25% target share in week nine. He's a clear two minute back. He's the clear long, down, and distance back. Now, Kareem Hunt has been the clear goal line back for them lately. Okay. So, can right. that change? Maybe. I would move forward, assuming he will, that that Ford will not get that role, but it's, it's possible that he does. Now, even then, those touchdowns will come based on the overall amount of opportunity that he's getting right now. It just might not be on the goal line. Okay, he can score from elsewhere, though. And, you know, back to the Browns defense real quick. I'm not sure the Browns will be game scripted out of many games moving forward. If you look at the schedule, Pittsburgh, Denver, the next two weeks, then the Rams. Okay, but then Jacksonville, Chicago, Houston, um, which is, you know, they could get game scripted out of that game. But Houston's run defense isn't so great. And then you have the Jets. The game script will be there the volume will be there as a result. So I think things are lining up for Ford here to have a pretty good rest of season. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a top 15 back moving forward. And then if he gets some of that goal line opportunity, there is a chance that he's top 12 rest of the way.
1: Yeah, I hear on that one, 100%. And you covered a lot right there. So I'm going to try and address (laughs) everything. You know what I'm saying? Deshaun Watson, he was actually like a, pretty solid fantasy quarterback I know he didn't look good you know really on the field the eye test wasn't fantastic but he was a pretty solid fantasy quarterback he had top 12 finish I think in three of his five games where he played the majority of the snaps this season so he, he wasn't doing bad and I don't think like you mentioned also with Amari Cooper it's a death sentence for him I think Amari Cooper is a situation a lot like DJ Moore is in we know the talent is there with Amari Cooper same thing with DJ Moore it's just a quarterback situation is going to be sketchy at best the rest of the way I, I think that he has Oh, a high wide receiver three, you know, type of floor. I think that we're going to get something like that. I'm not counting on him to have those big games anymore. He's probably going to slide down the rankings a little bit, but I do think Amari Cooper isn't dead, like you mentioned. So I'm with you on that one. And then Jerome Ford too. I just want those touchdowns, or at least one of those touchdowns, at some point down the stretch to come towards Jerome Ford. If he gets a touchdown, like you're going to see when it, you put touchdowns with the usage that he's getting, and it should happen regardless if they start running him at the goal line or not. I know you said you're looking for him to get that role. I think at some point here with the amount of volume he's getting, touchdown regression should hit him. I think that is coming in these next two weeks. He does have that matchup against Denver. That looks really good in week 12. I'm all for Jerome Ford as a top 15 running back. And like you mentioned, it's going to come down to those touchdowns. It's going to put him over the top as a top 12. I'm not sure it's going to happen. It seems like Kareem Hunt is just sticking around at this point. But I, there's definitely a path to it, so I think that you're right. Like you're not screaming to buy Jerome Ford. You're not looking at somebody, somebody like scoop up and like you. You have to go get him. But I, I think that it wouldn't be wrong for you to go and try to get him. Like the, at the right price, I, he I, has I actually
0: think I, I will say that I think he's one of my main targets for me this week. Now I'm gonna go over a lot of guys. Normally I, I'll tell you guys about two or three, but we're going to like ten. Okay, because it's trade deadline week, baby. Okay. We got a lot right. of them for you this in this what do you episode. Call it? This the, the is the extravaganza. The trade deadline extravaganza. That's what I called it to Zach. We were texting right. earlier. Yeah. Um but I, I think, you know, because I think the amount of volume that he's getting, right? Along with the defense and then the offensive line, their identity, he's just like that guy. He's playing the Nick Chubb role. I mean, he's not Nick Chubb, obviously, but he's playing that role, right? Right. The only difference yeah. is that. Well, he's not really, because Nick Chubb didn't really get the passing downs. That's one thing Chubb didn't get that Ford is getting. Uh, but the difference here is that Chubb was the main goal line guy, and he's not, as of right now. If that flip, if that flips, at some point, dude, like we're talking RB one here, top yeah. twelve guy. You know? I hear you because yeah, if what that type of flip, top opportunity That's he's
1: the question for me. That's the only thing, yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to like the biggest. Yeah, I don't want to put all my eggs in Kareem, Hunt, in Kareem Hunt's basket and say that he's just going to be you know, scoring a touchdown every week <laughs> like he's been doing these past few weeks. It's been pretty infuriating if you have Jerome Ford, but I think there's definitely the opportunity for that to happen because Jerome Ford looks good on the field. It's just the history of this Browns backfield hasn't leaned into one running back taking all of those money touches, you know, like, like you mentioned yeah. it the the long down and distance 2 minute snaps come at the price of the goal line snaps. I feel like if we see the goal line snaps I wouldn't doubt they put Kareem Hunt out there for those snaps. It's, it's a pain <laughs> butt analyzing this coaching, you know, in Cleveland, but like both of these running backs I think have a role and Jerome Ford's if you have to pick one of them to have a potential expanded role it would be Jerome Ford.
0: 100%. Um now moving on to some news here. Now, a lot of a lot of the news has to is a lot very related to like our trade buys and sells here you know it, it right. just so happens to be now i i posted earlier in the week that jalen samuels J, jalen samuel was named the starter he was actually jalen announced Moore. as a starter what did i say
1: i think he said i think he said jalen samuels and did i said jalen samuels is, i don't like i know i've heard that name <laughs> i think he is a running back but i i don't think that yeah, I think you meant to say Jalen Warren
0: there. Huh? Who, wait, hold on. Who is Jalen Samuels? Is that was he, he also a running back for the for the Steelers? He was yeah, a running back yeah, for the was. Steelers, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was that Jaylen he was Samuel. that running back who was like also a tight end, right? Remember that guy yeah. like from a couple years ago? Yeah, dude, that's so funny. I'm sorry. His game log is Jalen Warren was named the starter for the Steelers. That piece of news just came out like yesterday. However, last week was when Jalen warren was named the starter he was told that he was going to be the starter before last game okay and then he ended up having a little bit of an expanded role here okay right. so now we're looking at this battlefield you're like all right well both these guys got their touches but i think the guy that we've always would ra- we, we rather ha- have had the rest of the whole season like this from week one until this point has been jalen warren So what do you think we should be doing with Najee Harris at this point?
1: I I think it's time to sell him. (laughs) And I think we touched on this last week, you know, and I think we can all agree that there's clearly some weird voodoo shit going on in Pittsburgh right now. They've been outgained in every game this season in terms of yardage, and they're six and three. It's weird. All of a sudden, since they're by week six, that voodoo shit, it's spilling over into fantasy land, and it's making Najee look like a serviceable fantasy running back. Like, isn't that crazy? I don't want to take away from the production that Najee's had over the past few weeks. You know, by his standard, he's having a pretty impressive run. Since week seven, he's averaging 15.2 PPR points per game. On the back of four targets per game in that span, you know, that workload wasn't there earlier in the season. He wasn't, he would think he was averaging just two targets a game in the first few weeks of the season. Plus the largest workload he's had all season in the past two games, he's averaging exactly 20 opportunities a game in the past two weeks. But there's a problem, like you mentioned, that's going to be contending with, Jalen Warren, as the new starter, they said they anointed him pretty much last week, and he got the workload that looks like he's starting to take over a little bit in his backfield. Granted, the opportunities haven't stacked up completely to Najee Harris. He's still trailing a little bit, but I would expect that to kind of change in his favor because, remember, when we're talking about Jalen Warren, we're talking about a guy that's been the epitome of efficiency this season. Like Among running backs with 70 or more carries this season, Warren ranks fourth in yards per carry at 513 is one of five running backs average over five yards a carry this season, by the way, um, with 70 or more carries. He also ranks first in missed tackles, forced per attempt, fifth in yards after contact per attempt. Among those same 41 running backs with 70 attempts this season, Najee Harris, he ranks 22nd in yards per attempt, 21st in missed tackles, forced per attempt, 23rd in yards after contact per attempt. So it seems like the Steelers have been attuned to what Jalen Warren's been doing this, this season the past few weeks. And the fact that he's named the starter could mean a slightly reduced workload for Najee. And that could mean we're going to have to rely on Najee Harris to be efficient. And that's not exactly what we want to do. Despite this solid four-game stretch by Najee, it's not enough for me to believe that he's suddenly going to continue being efficient down the stretch. We've seen who he is, and it's definitely not going to continue, I don't think, on this Steelers offense. That's been all kinds of weird. It is worth noting that the schedule the rest of the way is pretty favorable for Steelers running backs. They have the 10th best fantasy schedule for running backs the rest of the way, 5th best playoff schedule. But I expect those dividends to be paid in Jalen Warren's game log. If he's going to be getting that, if he's going to have that starting role, he might have a 55-45 lead in touches in the backfield. You know, Najee might be left as the odd man out. Assuming Deontay Johnson gets more than the four targets he got against the Packers this past week, the rest of the way. Also, we haven't seen this passing game really come to life. I'm wondering if that's going to be the case. There are enough factors here. Working against Najee Harris, it makes me leery about having him, even with that pretty decent and pretty good schedule down the stretch. So I'm looking at selling Najee Harris at this point because Jalen Warren seems to be taking over, and you know it seems like it's been happening behind the scenes the past couple of weeks, and I think we're going to see that really come to life um, down the stretch.
0: Yeah, and I'll be worried about game script, right? Like, you know, uh, if you're looking at fantasy, like points allowed, you know, yeah, you're looking at a pretty good schedule, right? However, right. next week in Cincinnati, does the game script get away from them? It can, right? Cincinnati, you know, in Cincinnati, they could put up points. Week 13 against Arizona, good matchup on the ground. But with Kyler Murray now, like, do they start scoring some more points, right, moving forward, right? Like, the Steelers are kind of depending on these, like, low-scoring games with their offenses, not that good, to kind of stay involved, right? And to stay within shouting distance of these teams so that they can continue to run the ball um and if they're gonna throw it like most likely a lot of that's gonna go Jalen warren's way and that's how it's been the entire season Najee harris has happened to you know get some more targets lately but and i'm gonna get to somebody in a second that's gonna benefit from that potentially changing um you know and then you look at the rest of the schedule here you know, I'm looking at, yeah, New England, I think, you know, great time to start both of these guys. Indy, potentially a good time to start both these guys. But then again, Cincinnati, and then at Seattle, Week 17, which I, I is not a matchup, even though, you know, it might show green on your, on you know, in your fantasy app. Like, I'm not sure that that is a super favorable time to start those those two guys. We'll see, you know, him being, Jalen Warren being named the starter, we'll see what that means in ter- terms of a split. But, like, I'm kind of curious. Like, you might want to shop him too, you know, just because, you know, I don't foresee this as like a, like him just taking over the backfield. You know, maybe yeah. it's a 55 45 split. Maybe a, maybe a, maybe if close to a 50 50 potentially. It's just that who's starting the game, right? It could be yeah. Jalen Warren. And at the what goal line, there'll be a lot of Najee, right? Like,
1: what we've been seeing these past couple weeks could be, you know, yeah. just what we do. Like, there were the games. Production. I think. Might just be. Dead. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing that's going to change. You know, they say that he's going to be the starter when he wasn't, quote unquote, the starter. You know, he's not named the starter. There were games early in the season where he just didn't get work. You know, Najee Harris was getting most of the work, but now Jalen Warren's like it's maybe what that indicates is that they're going to use him pretty much in at least a 50-50 capacity. <laughs> like I don't know if that makes sense, but like it seems like they're just kind of assuring everybody that he's going to have a role that's yeah. going to be bigger than what he had, and it it. it I don't think Najee Harris could be made obsolete. And I no. just don't want to trust his efficiency because we know over his career, not efficient. He's just not an efficient runner and he's been efficient these past few games, but he also has three touchdowns in the past four games. He had none in the first five. So that's also inflating his production a little bit. Like I said, I don't want to put a whole lot into the Steelers offense because a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the Steelers offense, not being fancy relevant. You know what I mean? That was without Deontay Johnson, obviously a weird situation there. But just this whole situation surrounding the Steelers' offense, it's just kind of unpredictable. I want to get out of it if I can, especially if there are other guys, which we're going to talk about, you know, that we could be targeting down the stretch that have better prospects, I should say.
0: Well, I'm buying Deontay Johnson personally, because I yeah. think that oh, yeah, this is too. going to shift in a direction where, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball more, right? They're not going to be able to rely on these running backs. They, like the running backs in this past game got a shit ton of target share. From Kenny Pickett, I, 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 it's one of those things where in this last game, like they just, you know, without Jared Alexander, the Packers just, you know, just didn't let them throw the ball down the field. Like it was simple as that. And I think the matchups are pretty good for Deontay moving forward. Obviously, this week Cleveland very tough. I'm still starting him as a wide receiver too, though. I saw a tweet from Al Zeidenfeld. He he's averaging uh 12 and a half targets in his last four games against the Browns. Okay. So if someone's gonna average that many targets like you you're gonna start that That's dude. Great. Okay. Yeah. Um Cincinnati, Arizona, New England, Indianapolis, Cincy again, Seattle, like no matchups there where you're like really worried about, right? Uh exactly. neutral to good matchups on the perimeter out of all the guys that I, all the teams that I just mentioned. He's dominating target share uh since he got back. Don't let this one game cloud your judgment on Deontay moving forward. You know, he had this down, one down game with one catch. Like, this is a good opportunity to buy here.
1: Yeah, and we know the type of, we've been over this, I don't know how many times. You know, talk about Deontay Johnson and his passing attack. You know, he owns the target share here. That one catch game, like you just mentioned, is a complete aberration. We have to also talk about the fact that Jalen Warren and Achi Harris both had pretty good opportunities, like you mentioned, in the in the passing game this past few weeks. I'm not worried about Deontay Johnson at all. We were buying him right when he came off his injury. We were buying him before he was back from his injury. We know who Deontay Johnson is. He's one of the most solid fantasy wide receivers that you have, volume-based. And he hasn't hit that upside that he has yet. We're still – he had that touchdown in week nine, but we're still waiting for that regression to continue coming back. So I I think that Deontay Johnson definitely is a a good look to buy here. I'm not worried about George Pickens. It's funny – like I'm just looking at scrolling through game logs and stuff. They have Deontay Johnson listed as a wide receiver two on um sleeper when you look at the lineups. I, I just feel like that's a little bit disingenuous. <laughs> I think they're kind of getting bought up in the George Pickens hype right there. It's, it's just weird. Like I, I feel like Deontay Johnson is the wide receiver one. You look at the target shares and all that stuff. Just something that I'm noticing. I, I just noticed it now. Wait, wait,
0: wait. I'm know. sorry. What was that? They're they're Did calling you, him the Steelers wide receiver two.
1: Yeah. So on Sleeper. Yeah, they have depth charts, and right here it says wide receiver one, George Pickens, and then wide receiver two, Deontay Johnson. I, I just find that hilarious. That, that's hilarious. That's that hilarious. that like you'd think sleep like the fantasy on, app Trevor. that you play on would know. Like, just look at the usage. Like, clearly they're getting caught up in the George Pickens side. But I'm just saying, Deontay Uh-oh. Johnson's the guy you want in this passing attack. 100, percent he's going to have the most solid week to week floor, and he has a little bit of upside every week because he has. And this is for PPR. Obviously, he's a PPR guy, but um he's going to continue to have good games regardless of the matchup because he is the dominant weapon in Pittsburgh.
0: Another piece of news here, uh, we have Matthew Stafford. Um, He is going to be back this week. Sean Mavé has said that they expect him to play against the Seahawks, which is is great news for Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, right? So this is a, a pretty good chance to buy these guys, right?
1: Yeah, I love Puka Nakua. And the nightmare's over, guys. Matthew Stafford's back. Brett Rippon isn't even on the team anymore. Carson Wentz, he's hes not going to be starting. We're good. The nightmare's over. He woke up. <laughs> We're back. Puka Nakua, he's gone the past four weeks scoring in the single digits three times. Hasn't scored a touchdown since week five. So he should be relatively available in the trade market coming off the Rams by. He's done next to nothing for fantasy managers the past few weeks. So whoever has him, probably not, um, probably not against moving him. You know, just based on what we've seen these past few weeks, and it's not like Puka's quiet games over these past four weeks have been solely the product of Brett Rippon. Well, okay, the past two have, but there's precedent for a quiet game with Stafford under center too. It happened in Week Six, so the price on Puka shouldn't be out of reach. Since Cooper Cup's return in Week Five, Puka Naku has a thirty percent target share and air yard share, coincidentally, but for obvious reasons I already talked about, that production hasn't followed that utilization. The quarterback situation has been a mess. They're getting Stafford back. Those are wide receiver one numbers. And with Stafford back in the lineup, he should be able to continue coming through again on that utilization starting this week. But what's most interesting to me when it comes to buying Puka Nakua is his schedule in the fantasy playoffs. You want to talk about making a move right now that's going to pay off later. He gets the Commanders in week 15 who are allowing the second most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. And then the Giants in week 17, championship week, who are allowing the third most fantasy points to wide receivers this year. Side note, The Eagles are number one. The Commanders are number two. And the Giants are number three in terms of fantasy points allowed to wide receivers this season. That's all NFC East teams. So if you have wide receivers playing against NFC East teams (laughs) the rest of the way, not name the Cowboys, like you start them, just start your receivers. They're going to have a big day. That's just how it's been this season so far. You can't ask for much better than what Puka Nakua has in your first playoff game and championship round. He's been quiet these past few weeks, but the Rams, they've come up, they could come alive down the stretch with Stafford back under center especially if they're vying for for wild card positioning I'm not sure how much of a possibility that's going to be but I don't think the Rams are at a point where they're just going to give up on the season they're going to play it out and potentially play spoiler for a couple other teams I like the matchups I like Puka Nakua's talent we haven't said enough about him the past couple weeks you know he's had some quiet weeks he should be able to get back on the radar as one of those high wide receiver twos the rest of the way as long as Stafford stays healthy.
0: Yeah, no, for sure, dude. Like, it's one of those things where, you know, people forget, like, the upside. Like, and it doesn't take that yeah. much, you know, for them to do it. Listen, they only three games out, right? Like, it's like, you know, we still have a lot of football to play, you know? And there's a lot, like, remember, for us, you know, our playoffs start week 15. Their playoffs don't start until week, after week 18, okay? So exactly. just just, just yeah. keep that in mind, okay? There's a lot to happen since then. And now so that Stafford's back, you know, you're buying Puka Nakua. You're buying Cooper Cup, too, okay? Because yeah, Cooper to. Cup, dude, like Cooper Cup came back in week five, eight for 118, seven for 148. He had one down game with Matthew Stafford in week seven, then Matthew Stafford got hurt in week eight, right, in the beginning of the yeah. game. So it's like, you know, what? like, come on, like, we can't, We're we going to take that one game and say that's who Cooper Cup is now? No. okay, He's going to be fine moving forward, okay? Exactly. And, like, look at these matchups coming up. Like, you got to view him. Me, personally, I don't know why he's not being viewed. As a high-end wide receiver, one moving forward, right? Seattle, Arizona, next two weeks, great matchups for him. That Baltimore matchup is not that bad out of the slot, okay? New Orleans, Washington, great matchups out of the slot. New Orleans again. Wait, is it? Not New Orleans. No, not New Orleans. (laughs) You only play them once. What do I I have this here? And then in championship week against the Giants, right? Like. So, I think toward... we need to put more more respect on Cooper Cup. You know, moving Absolutely. forward. Okay. And
1: you, you so, mentioned buying them both. Yeah. I mean, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup have a, pretty much the identical pretty much identical game logs the past four weeks. It's just that one down game for Puka Nakua was Cooper Cup's week and then vice yep. versa. Cooper Cup had his big week in week six, I think it was. And then Puka Nakua was quiet. They both have like single digits in three weeks and then two 20-point blow-up games. Like, they're just suffering from the quarterback situation. Matthew Stafford's back. Don't second guess putting them in your lineup this week. They're going to be back. And the schedule, like we mentioned, good down the stretch. So go and
0: buy them. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets. And it gets confusing, but not anymore. Not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place. And not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you will look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side-by-side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. Okay, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's Better with an O, so B E T T O R Vision in the App Store today. So it looks like T Higgins is going to be out this week. Just a quick note on him. Like I I hate buying injured players, especially like soft tissue injuries, but like he does have one of the best um playoff schedules, you know, for wide receivers weeks 15, 16 right. and 17. So just just keep that in mind. Um, Justin Fields, uh, they're going to see you know if he's good to go this week, but like all indications are pointing to Justin Fields playing this week, and that basically means go get DJ Moore. Okay, uh, like weeks one through five with DJ Moore, he was a wide receiver five in fantasy points per game. Okay, he was averaging twenty two PPR points per game. Okay, right. without DJ Moore, I mean I'm sorry, without Justin Fields, he was a wide receiver thirty seven. Okay, so he went from the wide receiver 5 to a wide receiver 37. He was only averaging 9.9 PPR points a game. So it's really that simple. Like, if you want this high-end wide receiver, go get DJ Moore.
1: Yeah, there's, there's nothing to worry about here with DJ Moore. We know what we saw with him. You, you put that week 1 game into your calculation there when you mentioned that stretch of games from weeks 1 to 5. I like, did. Take that I out. Did. Take that out. That was an outlier game. Based on what we had seen up to that point, like take that out, and the numbers are even better.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, but had then the we to, point game. then we have to take out yeah. the fifty-point game too, though.
1: <laughs> right, 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 right. I hear you. You, you can't have a cake and eat it too with these kinds of things. I hear you, but one hundred percent. Like that first game, like based on what we've seen, like it was just weird because he only got two targets. Every other game, he's had at least six. So or, right. or five, it looks like the one with Tyson Bajor. But every other game with Justin Fields, he had at least six, and the target share was there, the area share was there, and he had three hundred yard games he had a 200 yard game in a four week span also to go with five touchdowns like the upsides there with justin fields i don't think the bears are going anywhere this season but i do think that they're going to play out the rest of the season i like i like dj Moore. that's a good call there they do have a tough schedule kind of down the stretch not really fantastic matchups you know in the playoffs i think they have the second hardest third hardest schedule um for the playoffs uh wide receivers do for chicago you know going into the fantasy playoffs but at that point you know it. You're going to need DJ more because he's just going to be getting fed targets. I'm not worried about the matchups at all. He was doing his thing regardless of matchup back when Justin Fields was healthy.
0: Yeah, man. Um, and, you know, one of the biggest storylines from this past week was Kyle Murray's return. He looked good. He looked good at his return, man. He looked sharp, yeah. you know, like he had a couple little quirks here and there, but like for the most part, he looked pretty good. He looked locked in. Um, he was taking advantage of, of what he had, he was using his legs, which was great to see right um so it's one of those things where you know you might have had a qu- good quarterback already right now you bring right. Kyler Murray onto your roster now now you potentially have two good quarterbacks um we could say the same thing about Josh Dobbs as well who had three amazing performances in a row is it three or four amazing performances I think it was three I in think a row that he had yeah
1: they've all been very similar um, Josh yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah exactly almost
0: the same literally three weeks in a row like no variance in his fantasy points per game but absolutely killed it right so like you could have my advice personally i'm not keeping a great quarterback on my bench fantasy quarterback on my bench if i already have a good fantasy quarterback so like you choose one of these guys to move like if you're short on running back if you're short on wide receiver move one of those running backs. Don't just um, move one of those quarterbacks, I should say. Don't leave them on your bench. And then also have to decide every week who you're going to start, right? Because yeah. there's a chance that there's some human error there and you make the wrong decision, right? Because there's, there's a lot you're of gonna get randomness yeah. that goes into this. You could get burnt doing that. So why not take the decision-making out of it and then take care of one of your deficiencies in your starting lineup, right? Maybe combine one of these quarterbacks with – a running back, and upgrade at running back, or maybe combine that quarterback with a wide receiver and upgrade that wide receiver. Or in the case of somebody like Josh Jobs, who has been absolutely killing it, you find the the manager in your league who needs a quarterback, and you might be able to do a one-for-one for for like a high-end RB2 or a high-end wide receiver too. It's possible. I've seen it. I've seen these trades that people are sending me over DM and over text. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you you want to do that, okay? Because you already have Joe Burrow. or, Or you already have you know, a good quarterback. You just had Kyler Murray come back. Okay, cool. Like, depending on that upgrade that you're making at the skill position, might be worth it.
1: Yeah, and, and that's part of what I hate about 1QB leagues, because, you know, there's so, and especially like most 1QB leagues, most fantasy leagues like 10, 12, 14 people. Like, there's so many good quarterbacks that you really just get pigeonholed. You just get stuck. When you have two good quarterbacks, you are mentioning, you know, so it's like, it's not worth having that, especially if you can use them to upgrade somewhere else. There's so many quarterbacks to pick from, like you're going to have good players left on benches all the time. It's just really frustrating. And like you mentioned, like, why would you put yourself in a situation, pick, pick between two quarterbacks who are good and then you end up putting one in who has a bad week? Like, it's just contrary to the fun. Of fantasy football, right there. So I I hear you one hundred percent on that. I I think Josh Dobbs is one of those quarterbacks that you mentioned too. Like, take advantage of these past three games. It's a great story, Josh Dobbs. He looks good. I don't think there is a way where he doesn't, you know, stay fantasy relevant the rest of the way. But I am not sure the ceiling is going to continue. It, it, it's interesting to see. If I have Josh Dobbs right now, and like you mentioned, you have a quarterback, Joe Burrow, somebody like that, another one of those higher end QB ones, like I'd be looking to sell one hundred percent.
0: I, I'm perfectly fine starting Josh Dobbs as a QB one rest of season. Like he might not be the one that he might not be the quarterback you trade away. Maybe it's your other quarterback. Right. But like, it is worth noting that the fact that he's absolutely killed it over the last three weeks could get you something pretty good um, in terms of, you know, a running back or a wide receiver. Um, uh, But many people do have two very startable quarterbacks on the roster. And one of them might be, it might be good to move one of them away. Now, speaking of Colin Murray yeah. here, you know, You know, you had Trey McBride, one of the best stories. He is another one of those, you know, situations where you might have two tight ends on your roster now because you picked up McBride off of waivers a couple weeks ago. And now you have Hawkinson and McBride. Now you have Laporta and McBride. Now you have Kelsey and McBride. You know, move one of these guys. Okay. Not only that, but maybe you want to move, you know, another player, you know, and then you have McBride and you maybe trade for McBride. McBride doesn't have a huge sample size as of right now right like he has just a couple weeks here right two really really good weeks you know one solid week right um as soon as he started getting opportunity man like he just started killing it and i think this could continue the rest of the way a lot of questions around what happens when zach ertz comes back um i just think that there's way too much production happening here after this change that like i just don't see a world where zach ertz makes a real impact here like would you agree with that
1: yeah i agree trey mcbride like he was playing behind Zach Ertz just because Zach Ertz he was like pretty much grandfathered into that tight end one role. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what we were looking at with the literally. You knew you were on to Trey McBride, you know, like we we talk about this all the time since the senior role in 2022. So you you were on him before this. We knew the type of talent he was. He just didn't have the opportunity. Suddenly he gets the opportunity, and surprise, surprise, he's killing it. So I think that at this point, you look at the direction that the Cardinals are going, it's like, I think they'd rather stick with the hot hand, the much younger hand, somebody that might be, that's probably going to be on the team for a little while here versus Zach Ertz. I'm not saying Ertz won't come in and have a, a role. You know, he might have those types of games. He might, I, I, it's not going to be like a John U. Smith, Kyle Pitts role, but it's, he's going to have maybe some appeal in a good matchup because we know that the Cardinals like to use their tight ends regardless of who's playing, whether it's been Trey McBride or Zach Ertz. You know, they've had high target shares this season in this Cardinal system. But Trey McBride looks to be the guy that's on the up and Zach Ertz, he's missed time. You know, he's not necessarily staying healthy all the time. Trey McBride's very dynamic tight end I think that we're definitely going to see him you know come on the rest of the way. so maybe if you like you mentioned you have him and another tight end maybe you don't have one of those top tight ends TJ Hawkinson and Travis Kelsey maybe you had somebody like you were resting on Dave njoku or like Dallas Goddard who's out right now like he, he probably came through for you if you have him and you weren't in a very good tight end situation, I'd say keep mcBride but definitely if you have and you're in a spot to sell him, you have two good tight ends I would definitely look at either selling him or another uh, tight end. but there's another pass catcher in the Cardinals offense that is going to be affected. It just hasn't really taken hold yet from Kyler Murray's return. And that's Marquise Brown. And I want to buy him up 100%. And this goes kind of like back. It's funny. Marquise Brown and Deontay Johnson had a very similar weeks. They had one catch apiece on very small target shares that you weren't really expecting to see, especially with Kyler Murray coming back. Obviously Murray's debut is a bit dis- disappointing for Hollywood Brown and his fantasy managers, but it's a one game sample size in Murray's first action of the year. Like I'm not drawing conclusions off of this past game for the rest of the season. That wouldn't be smart. I still fully expect Brown to be back on top of the target distribution within the next week or two. I think that's going to be the case. There was just way too much rapport between Murray and Brown. The last time they took the field together. And again, going back on the discussion, I think we had this last week in 10 games last year where Murray was under center. Marquise Brown was averaging 17.2 PPR points per game. Good for the wide receiver, 10 in points per game last year. So, He's also had a 24% target share last year and a 41% air yard share. So barring some drastic downfall of Hollywood Brown, you know, we should get back to that as Murray gets healthier. He just put up a straight up dud. Whoever had him was probably worrying a little bit about what Brown's real ceiling is going to be the rest of the way. The price is low. He's got a fantastic schedule. The rest of the way, fourth best strength of schedule for wide receivers, the rest of the season, second best fantasy playoffs strength, strength of schedule, um, per our website. His playoff schedule, like it, it couldn't get better. He has three back to back to back matchups against the 49ers, Bears, and Eagles, who are allowing the seventh most, 15th most, and the most fancy points wide receivers, respectively. He's a low risk, fantasy asset. There's he's got a big chance to appreciate in a huge way down the stretch. I moved to pick him up before the deadline. He, he we've seen what Kyler Murray can do for. Hollywood Brown. And I think that he's going to get back to that down the rest of the way. And he just happens to have this dud of a performance that will let you buy right before the deadline. So he's someone that I'm kind of hammering at the deadline right here. Uh,
0: if, if Zach wasn't going to talk about it, I was going to talk about it. I mean, and you guys probably could, you know, predict yeah. that. Because I was yeah. talking about buying Hollywood a couple weeks ago. Um, and, you know, you actually got a good game out of it even before Kyler Murray was back. The target share is going to be there. Okay. He is not going to get the type of target share he got in this game. Uh, it was, you know, one of those matchups where they took him out of the game, and Kyler Murray just couldn't get in the ball. That's not going to be the case moving forward. Here we can see a twenty-five plus, plus twenty-five percent plus target share, potentially close to thirty percent at some point from Kyler Murray. Buy, bye, buy. You could have a wide receiver, one, a top twelve wide receiver, the rest of the way. Okay, he has that type right. of talent. He's been, he's done it before with Kyler Murray last year. We have a sample size of that go do it. Okay, he's a good wide receiver. He's been getting it done earlier this year without Calamari, and he's going to be able to do it moving forward. Um, Just to wrap up on wide receivers, another, you know, I think, you know, DK Metcalf, Tal Lockett, you know, Tal Lockett has had a couple games recently where he's kind of come on a little bit, but both these guys, they have one of the best playoff schedules you can ask for, and even leading up to the playoffs, honestly, um, you know, San Francisco, Philly, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, you know, four top Four bottom 10 defenses given up fantasy points to wide receivers. Okay. So just keep that in mind. You know, DK Metcalf hasn't really had a blow up game this entire year. Yeah,
1: like, what if that
0: happens crazy now? Like that could happen, like moving forward, especially with these matchups coming up. Okay. Uh, don't be surprised yeah. if it does. Okay. DK um, Metcalf has
1: had a ridiculous just something to note. DK Metcalf, he's had yeah. a ridiculous target share. He's like, there's it feels like there's so much meat left on the bone in games. Oh, yeah. You know, that he's played. Like it's just, it's unrealized fancy potential that hasn't happened. And that's just, I think that's because Geno Smith isn't playing at as high of a level. And also, Jackson Smith, the jig, was come on a little bit these past couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. I think down the stretch, you know, the Seahawks are going to have to win some games. I think they're going to have to start relying on him a little bit more. I, I, I just hope Geno Smith can get him the ball. So I, I like that call there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so, man. Um, if, if, you know worst case scenario he'll he'll give you a safe floor you know at the very least so it's yeah, not like you're buying somebody doing. who's just not going to produce regardless but there's room like if you buy him at his current price there's room for more upside you know what i'm saying so right. that that's kind of the reason the rationale there um a couple of running backs who i think you know have a chance of you know being top 12 or top 15 guys the rest of the way at the position um Isaiah Pacheco is one of them you know tough matchup this week against philly okay um, so maybe you wait until after this game, maybe. I mean, it's not necessary you know, if your trade deadline isn't up until next week. But Vegas, Green Bay, Buffalo, New England, Vegas, Cincinnati, Chargers, like all solid matchups the rest of the way after that, after this matchup against Philly, his rushing share was at 76% in Week 9 before their bye. He had a season-high 51 route participation in Week 9 as well. No Chiefs running back was able to get a carry inside the 5-yard line. Or actually, no Chiefs running back was able to get a snap inside the five yard line since week five. Does that make That's sense? Crazy. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta double check that. That doesn't make any sense at all. Hold on a second. Check this out Hold on a second.
1: That, that. Hold it is on. interesting though. You you mentioned while you're looking that up, you mentioned some of those yeah. games. Like the Chiefs are going to go up on the Raiders twice. You know, these next couple weeks, they're going to go up on the Patriots. The Packers, I wouldn't be surprised if they go up on them. Like. The game script is gonna be very positive these next few oh, weeks. Yeah. So it's definitely something to look at too. Like obviously it doesn't doesn't matter if it's a good matchup or not. They're just gonna be handing the ball to Pacheco 20 times a game. Like that that's what you want. <laughs> and it's the Chiefs.
0: The is yeah. the Chiefs can go up on anybody? I'm saying. Yep. Right? Like that's, that's where like game at. script game script is favorable for Pacheco moving forward, and the matchups are also good, but this is also the Chiefs offense, right? They can turn it on and, at any point, right? So he can get volume at any point. Um, and he's you know, had two so, quiet
1: games. He's passed. Exactly. Eight, nine,
0: exactly. Games, very so quiet. so I, I can clarify. So no Chiefs running back got a carry inside the five-yard line since week five. Okay. So th- those touchdowns are going to come for Pacheco, right? Especially when you consider these matchups that he'll be getting. Um, yeah. I, I think he should be relatively easy to get after underperforming two straight weeks and with the tough matchup on deck this week. So, you know, past that, I think he could potentially be an RB1 in this final stretch of the season. I don't think right, it's I got a question for outlandish to say.
1: Yeah, I got a question for yeah. you. So we were talking before about, you know, that quarterback situation where you're sitting there, you have a Josh Dobbs and maybe a Joe Burrow. Would you trade a one-for-one one Dobbs for Pacheco, just straight up, right? Now, I would. If you have yes. Joe Burrow. Yep. I would So that's Josh exactly Dobbs the type of trade you're talking about when you mentioned that earlier. A thousand percent. It's just like Great. putting that example it. out there. Like, that makes sense.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. That's a good one, for sure. Um, let's see. I think Michael Carter being released actually makes a significant positive impact for Brees Hall, right? Michael Carter was getting 72% of the long down and distance snaps, 71% of the two minute snaps this season. All of that work is going to Brees Hall. Okay. Dalvin cook has had 5% of the long down and distance snaps this year and 0% of the two minute snaps this year. Okay. So that ain't work that that work ain't going to him. That's for sure. Okay. So Brees Hall's floor and ceiling just got a lot higher for a team who will have to heavily depend on him, right? He's had two down games, but he saw a season-high snap share. We're about to see a season-high in route participation this upcoming week. So, Mm -hmm. And if you look at the matchups, like neutral matchups all the way through to the end of the year, right? He has Cleveland in Week 7, Championship Week, which isn't ideal, uh, but they have been a little susceptible to big plays, allowing the second-highest rate of 20-plus-yard rushing plays the fifth highest rate of 20 plus yard receiving plays to running backs. Okay. That's Brees game right there. Okay. So championship week, I'm not too worried about it. Okay. Now I I don't see a world here, like moving forward with this new role he's going to have. I don't see a world where he finishes outside the top 12, the rest of the way. And it is not out of the realm of possibility that he's a top five running back the rest of the way. I could see
1: it. We know the talent is there and the way that this offense is structured and Every time I talk about Zach Wilson, I I don't want to crap on him too much, but he's not playing well. (laughs) It's obviously going to run through the run game, and that's Brees Hall. Now, I think that the Jets released the wrong running back. I think you might agree. (laughs) Um, I do. But with Dalvin Cook still there, uh, it's pretty evident that they don't want to use him. So it looks like Brees Hall is going to get that passing game work. And his two best games this season, okay, maybe not his two best games. He had that game against Denver. He only had three targets, three catches. But he had two very strong games after that. Against Philly in New York, where he had five and nine targets, so like that role coming into his game, it might be back where Michael Carter was being used. You know, I think you're onto something there when you say that this isn't just some like auxiliary move where it doesn't change anything in the backfield because he's going to have more of those opportunities and Zach Wilson's gonna be dumping it off. I'm in on Breeze Hall too as well. You mentioned the matchups; everything's gonna run through him. I'm looking at Brees Hall in his situation, much like I'm looking like at Saquon Barkley, because we know the ball is gonna to go to them. you know, there's no question about who's going to get the most touches on a weekly basis is going to be Brees Hall. And I'd argue right now at his, at the point in his career, the talent plus, you know, the youth is more valuable than Saquon Barkley. So I would say I'd rather have Brees Hall over Saquon Barkley in this situation. That's what we're looking at with Brees Hall. And I'm not worried about him at all. So I'm definitely in on him, you know, as someone that you could buy.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. Now, moving forward you know i'm looking at at washington's backfield here i'm looking at their entire team you know terry mclaurin you know is somebody who i was looking at his schedule right earlier today and i was just like you know because i was looking at all the different wide receivers who you could potentially pick up um you know in a trade you know in case they have favorable matchups and that sort of thing um but like you know, I'm not like in love with it, and then I'm looking at also like the buy coming up. They have the Jets Week 17. You know, so like it's not super ideal. So like I was going to talk about those guys. You know, because I was looking into also uh Jahan Dotson's zero catch performance last week, which is absolutely terrible. You were on the money with that Jahan Dotson sell call last week, right? Yeah. So if we- anybody sold Jahan Dotson after listening to Zach, like you just got yourself a W because he had zero points in somebody else's lineup this week. Right. Uh, or it, this past week.
1: Yeah. It was just crazy. It's crazy. Cause Curtis Samuel comes back and John Dodson's an on thought. Like, it's just, that is it's crazy. Like, I, I wasn't expecting zero points. Obviously I was saying like, you know, he might not get the usage that we want. Like that was just a horrific week. So it's nice that he was able to come through, you know, and make me look good there by putting up zero points. So definitely if you sold him, yeah, um, that's a good idea. So, I was right about Brian Robinson, right, maybe last week. I'm going to double down and do it this week. I'm going to say we're going to sell another Commanders player, and that's Brian Robinson. Now, this one might be grabbing at the low-hanging fruit here a little bit, but did you know that Brian Robinson is currently the RB6 in total points scored this year? Like, if it hasn't felt like it, you're right. Like, that's a misleading stat. We talk about that all the time. Like, it hasn't felt like it at all. It reminds me back in, like, 2020 when Zeke was the rb nine or something fantasy <laughs> right, points right. Scored. but you knew that wasn't what you had on your hands he's actually the rb 15 in points per game and he's had two outlier performances this season that are inflating his production to mask what's been pretty miserable fantasy season for him through 10 weeks take out robinson's game this week where he caught six passes for 119 yards and a touchdown and the game in week two against the broncos which he just tore them up suddenly robinson's only averaging 10.8 points per game and he's a rb 33 and that span. what's that you're cherry-picking his best games out of his game log. Well, I'll ask you this. Do those games look like unpredictable flukes to you? Because they do to me. You know, Robinson had he had caught more than two passes in a game just once before last week, and he was the commander's lead receiver against the Seahawks. That's just not going to happen on a regular basis. It doesn't happen often at all. And his first big performance was one of the three games where he saw more than 15 carries. Like The usage he's gotten places him most realistically as a back-end RB2, high RB3 at best, Does he have the upside for the type of performance that he had last week? Yeah, obviously it happened. But the majority of the time, you're only getting 9 or 10 points a game from him. And then you look at long-term, at what his schedule the rest of the way looks like. The Commanders have the sixth-hardest remaining schedule of fantasy schedule the rest of the way. Two dates with the Cowboys, matchups with the Rams, Niners, and Jets on tap. Sam Howell's been on fire. They've been passing the ball at an extremely high rate. And Sam Howell's been getting it done. I'm moving off of Robinson now. You could save a lot of headache later. Robinson still also hasn't had his bye yet either. So if you want to talk about reasons to move off of Brian Robinson, he could not only have quiet games, but then he could leave you hanging right before the fantasy champ- championship. Their bye is in week 14. I still don't understand why the NFL has such a late bye, but you know I'm not the schedule maker or anything like that. But just the way things are shaping, shaping up, he could really be a letdown the rest of the way. The way that the commander's offenses look, And Brian Robinson, like I mentioned, those two games that he's had that have been good, they're outliers. (laughs) The rest of the season, he's been someone you probably don't want on your lineup. He might be a flex play at best.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, most of the work that he did this past week was in the receiving game. That's not his game. Okay, 15% target share this past game. He hasn't hit double-digit target share in any game before this. Okay, so this is an outlier type of game. Not only that, his rushing attempt share went down. He was at seventy one percent, seventy two percent in week eight, and nine, and then went all the way down to week ten. Uh, week all the way down to fifty seven percent in week ten. Okay, Antonio Gibson's rushing attempt share went up the last two weeks from fourteen percent to twenty percent to twenty nine percent, and then his route participation has you know st- stuck around fifty percent. So nothing really changed here. Okay, It's just it just so happened that Sam Howell just targeted both his running backs at a higher rate. You know, Antonio Gibson also got a very high target share actually his highest target share of the season this past week as well but the roles just didn't change actually as a matter of fact the role got worse for robinson this past week so uh, i'm with you on that so if you can capitalize off of this big game uh i would definitely do that um let's see i'm looking at some other running backs you could potentially buy here okay um I'm looking at Jonathan Taylor. Okay, he has the bye this week, but like I mentioned on Monday, his role is one of the best of any running back. 89% of snaps, 88% of his team's rushing attempts in this past game, 79% wrap participation, all season highs. Okay, Josh Downs should become healthy after the bye. This team should get some more continuity with Gardner Minshew, getting the bye week to kind of regroup. Uh, the schedule is very solid the rest of the way. No matchups that really scare you at all. And he gets Pittsburgh in the first week of the playoffs and then Vegas in the championship week. Okay. So, and, and those both of those games are at home. So he could be uh, this is high end RB1 utilization. He, ne- he just needs to be a little bit more efficient. If this role sticks, he's going to be behind RB1 the rest of the way. Okay. Yeah. So he's somebody we, we mentioned that like, you know, you can buy him. You know, he's had some modest performances. Like, you know, you're not like buying super low on him right now, but like there is a lot of, like you mentioned with DK Metcalf, there's a little bit of meat left in the bone here.
1: Yeah, there's untapped upside, and that's yep. what could happen. And it, it, with Jonathan Taylor, you know, the way that it's been, I think they're still kind of easing him back, but the role has been there. He should get some of that efficiency back, the healthier gets. So, And the Colts are also in a good position for um playoff push.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, a couple more running backs here. Kyron Williams. If you if you need to win this week, you probably don't want to trade for Kyron Williams since you know he'll be back next week. Okay, he's not back right. this week. Um, but he has Arizona the first week back. Okay, then he has Cleveland at home, tough matchup. But he gets Washington and the Giants in the playoffs. Giants in championship week. Okay, so he's a good running back to have for the playoffs. Even the New Orleans matchup in the middle there, right before the right before championship week, isn't so bad. They've been middle of the pack against running backs over the last four weeks. So as long as the offense is good, Matthew Stafford's back, he's gonna be fine. Okay. You got Puka and Cup healthy as well. I think we might be sleeping on this offense a little bit the rest of the way. Don't forget Kyron Williams, he's averaging 18 and a half fantasy points per game, which is sixth highest among all running backs this year. Okay, so he could come in. And continue to do his thing. He didn't get that many games with both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakula playing with this offense potentially taking a step forward.
1: Yeah, and he's completely dominated the backfield rushing share. Like there hasn't been any question when he comes in. And, like who's getting the ball is going to be Kyron Williams? We're, we're not even like questioning that. And I think he's become a little bit of an afterthought because he's missed these games and, and, and then he's gone yeah. by, he's still gonna be out. Like it's it's just an interesting situation because whoever's had him is probably detached. They forgot what it's like to have. Uh, Kyron Williams in the lineup, I think that you could go get him because people are probably thinking, oh, he had some good games early in the season. You know, is he going to be the same coming off this, um injury? I-, I think that this is not anything you have to worry about. You mentioned that first matchup back being against Arizona. Like he's going to, re- re- um, he's going to make it clear right away that he's still the same guy. He's going to have a good matchup. And then also that workload that we talk about utilization is there. There's nothing to worry about with Kyron Williams because the offense is going to be better than what we've seen these past two weeks.
0: I agree, man. Um, and DeAndre Swift is another running back that you can look at. You know, his playoff schedule is really good. Uh, Seattle Giants, Arizona, uh, leading up to it. You know, not amazing. You know, the next two weeks is fine against Kansas City and Buffalo. Obviously, still startable against San Francisco and Dallas. But the playoff schedule is why you'd buy why you'd buy him, right? If you're sitting pretty you know he hasn't hit his ceiling in a little bit now i don't think it's going to take a whole lot to acquire him he's on a really good offense uh i think there's a little bit of untapped potential here as well where the ceiling we saw the ceiling you know several weeks back when he first th- first got his role but you know he's a good player on a good offense uh and i think there is some games here potentially where he can kind of go off
1: yeah that's like the theme of these running backs <laughs> we're talking about with it's the untapped potential yeah. like yeah that's what we're looking at here
0: yeah, especially with these, with some of these schedules as well. Um, couple yeah. of running backs that you could potentially think of selling. You know, I have Devin Singletary. You know, I think he's a, he's a solid start this week, assuming Damian Pierce doesn't play or is not a hundred percent. Great matchup against Arizona. So if you need that win this week, start him right. But when Pierce is healthy, I don't think this turns into a Singletary backfield, right? I'm assuming a committee, and at that point they might just take enough from each other where like neither is super startable, like similar to what we saw earlier in the year. Yep. Now the schedule is good the rest of the way, right? Like, but he just had a huge game, right? This was literally the best game of his career. So if I can leverage some of that to get a more reliable RB two the rest of the way, or maybe move up to get like a Rashad white or David Montgomery, or even a Kenneth Walker with the bad schedule. Like I'd rather have Kenneth Walker with the bad schedule, right? Than David Singletary, right, and you could potentially yeah. just add a little piece to get someone like that, um, you know, or move way up and get Devon A. Chain, maybe like a Kyron Williams, like I mentioned, maybe DeAndre Swift, like I mentioned. But I think that this is an opportunity to potentially get a more, you know, solid piece, somebody you can kind of rely on moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's also interesting. I mean, the schedule overall, the rest of the way looks pretty good, but his playoff schedule is pretty tough. <laughs> the Houston has the second most difficult playoff schedule. You know, they have matchups against. It looks like Tennessee, Cleveland, and then Tennessee again. Now, Tennessee, interesting. Cleveland's a tough matchup in Week 16. So it's just something to keep an eye on 100%. I think that selling him makes a lot of sense regardless. You don't even have to look out that far to realize. Like Before this past week, he had single digits in every single game. And Damian Pierce is going to be back, like you mentioned. Could Devin Singletary have a role that's larger than what he had previously when Damien Pierce was active? Yes, but it's still not going to be enough. To give him any type of upside that we saw this past week against Cincinnati. Especially with C.J. Stroud yeah, no, for playing sure. the way he is. It's a pass first offense. I'm not expecting Devin Singletary to be that workhorse guy. I think he's going to be more of a complimentary running back. Where he has, you know, maybe he'll catch a couple passes. Maybe he'll get 10, 15 carries. But it's just not going to be enough to give him the upside. He had 30 carries last week. It's just not going to happen again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and a couple things there. I mean, the Titans like aren't really a oh, bad you know matchup anymore like lately they've really really let up like i would even consider that a good matchup to be honest with you at this point because <laughs> early in the year they were really tough you know now they're just like they're almost like one of the better matchups like if my running back was going up against tennessee this week i'm like all right good um i i need it you know almost um right. and then and then the, and then the other thing was um there was another thing that that you mentioned that i needed to clarify but i forgot Dirty it carries, um
1: usage uh just that's a great- off.
0: It's okay. Whatever. It'll it'll come back. I mean, eventually there are there, (laughs) you know, like a couple, if you want to move away from some of like these high end running backs, like there are a couple of ones that like, you know, I mentioned Kenneth Walker, right. The schedule is brutal, you know, starting this week, right. Rams, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Philly, right. That's like, if you can make, make it past this gauntlet with Kenneth Walker week, 16 and 17, great matchups. Like I mentioned, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, right like he can win your championship week against pittsburgh at home okay the key i think for seattle for him for his sake is to stay in games right with the teams that i just mentioned that's how he's going to get the volume like can they stay in the games with can they stay in the game with the rams i think so like you know divisional game 49ers Mm -hmm. like it's a divisional game as well like maybe at least just one of them like they stay in the game and he gets some work Um. But you're definitely gonna have have to have some luck go your way uh, with Kenneth Walker. Um right. now, if you don't want to deal with that, you know, use this game that he just had as a little bit of a selling point to move on and you know get a few guys that I mentioned earlier. Um, you know if you have to add on a little bit to move on, I- I'm okay with that as well. I-, I will say though, you know, there's been a lot of h- talk about Zach Charbonnet outsnapping Kenneth Walker, right? Um but I, I think, that is not necessarily a reason to not like Walker moving forward. Like I am weighing the schedule way more because of the fact that Walker bounced back to 73, 74% of the rushing attempts this past week when the game script was favorable. That's what he needs, right? If if it's a neutral, if it's a neutral game script or a positive game script, he will get his work. Okay. So he's going to get 17 to 20 carries in those type of games. Um, That's really what it comes down to with him. Right. Um, It's, also, we're with Ken Walker. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Sorry, before you jump is it that he's also kind of been playing through injuries? He's been dealing with, like, side things. You know, he had, like, a chest injury coming into the game last week. Like, he's had a couple injuries that might have caused them to say, okay, let's give Zach Charbonnet some extra run. If he's getting healthier, and it looks like he did last week, you know, I think that workload should come back, too. And you mentioned just, obviously, you want those game scripts to be the way that you just outlined them. But um, that's also something to consider. That's what I was looking at. It's like, it was just weird he stopped getting that majority of the work randomly the past couple of weeks and suddenly he's back to it i think that could also be playing into it so that's another thing i'm uh, yeah i think i forward.
0: think that calf injury like was the main one you know that really spurred the change right like initially because of the fact that he missed the wednesday practice and the thursday practice um and then right. didn't get as much work that week and then the following week as well um uh, but yeah that that rushing share like just bounced right back up to exactly what he was getting before that calf injury so Yep. That's what you want to see with Kenneth Walker. Um, Let's see. Josh Jacobs, right? Um, You know, Miami, Kansas City next, right? Game script can get out of favor. Like, they might not be able to depend on him, right? These are better teams than the Jets and the Giants. So, of, of course, he had a lot of volume against these two teams because neither of these teams can score points, right? The bye week, right. you know, the bye week is after those two games too. So, he like, won't have him in week 13. And then Minnesota who has been very good against running backs, fantasy-wise. Now, if you can make it past that, maybe you're golden, but you got to hope that the Chargers don't blow out the Raiders in Week 15. Uh, then they have to go into Arrowhead against the Chiefs in Week 16. Like, the volume can be there for Jacobs, but I'm just a little wary. I think you can potentially get like a Brees Hall or someone like that for Jacobs. You know, the difference yeah. between Brees Hall and Jacobs is that Brees Hall has a really good defense that is going to allow the Jets to stay in games and have the game should be favorable. And the fact that Brees Hall is like super explosive in the receiving game and in the run game. Right. So that's the reason why I just prefer breeze hall over Josh Jacobs the rest of the way.
1: And breeze hall maybe has an Aaron Rodgers coming back. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It's just funny to hear about that. <laughs> like I, if he actually comes back in December, like that would just be mind boggling. Like, especially I, if I the think Jets he said even Christmas
0: Eve, I think. Did they say Christmas Eve?
1: It would be a Christmas miracle. I don't know.
0: That would be <laughs>
1: truly insane. But you're running the money here with these calls. You got tough matchups for Josh Jacobs. I'm not counting on Josh Jacobs the rest of the way with these matchups. The Raiders offense isn't going to be good enough. Two matchups against Kansas City in the next how many weeks? Like, I, That's bad enough for me to just be like, all right, let's not even think about this. If you can like have Josh Jacobs and Brees Hall high-five each other, you know, on the way up and down. They're passing each other in terms of their trajectory and flip them, get Breeze Hall on his way up, trade away Josh Jacobs on his way down. I I think that's a perfect move that you can make right now and have yourself set up nicely for the fantasy playoffs and just the rest of the season in general.
0: I'm with you, man. And then same thing, similar thing with Saquon. You know, obviously the Giants offense is going to be a shit show the rest of the way. On top of that, he has his bye in week 13 and his playoff schedule is just brutal, man. New Orleans, Philly, the Rams, like not good. If I can move out from that situation, I would personally. Yeah. That, that's um, going to
1: be a tough one, though. I don't know how many buyers there are going to be for Saquon. You're going to have to sell really them cheap. Just, unless they're just you know, like... Would you rather keep that...
0: Saquon, or would you rather sell them cheap right now?
1: I'd rather sell them cheap. <laughs> Honestly, see what yeah. I can get. Maybe take a swing. I'm not saying you sell them for nothing, but like you have to find the people that are thumping the volume Bible, and just like, they're looking at that and just salivating. You're like, oh, Saquon's going to get 25 touches a game. It doesn't matter what the offense does. Yeah. You know, It's like it's going to be a bad offense. I don't think Saquon can overcome it just the way that it's been operating. He I think if Daniel Jones were still playing, it, obviously it's a way different story if Daniel Jones is still playing. If Daniel Jones was still playing, I wouldn't be as worried about it, but it's just going to be a rough ride. The Giants could be playing from behind 100% of the time and they've looked like the worst team in the league so far this season if you ask me, even over the even over the Panthers. Like they're just not a good offense and not a good team. So Saquon's just kind of stuck.
0: The Panthers is, are, are are a good offense compared to the Giants, to be honest. Yeah, um, uh, you know I think there's a couple of ancillary guys like you know I think move out of Jacoby Myers that situation because you know similar with Josh Jacobs, like the offense isn't good with with O'Connell. They have basically just been targeting Josh Jacobs and Devonta Adams. Like Jacoby Myers has kind of been left at the wayside at this point. The target share has been like close to ten percent, not good. Really, it was close to thirty percent with these other quarterbacks. Okay. Um obj right it's very possible that obj becomes dead weight on your roster right because you're probably not starting him right it, it, but if someone believes in obj in your league and you know there's going to be a role increase for him or whatever because he's obj you can do that because rashad you can trade him if you want like as, as a little piece like a little cherry on top or something because rashad bateman has been the one getting the increase in routes not obj uh obj's decreased this past week he scored that one touchdown the week before he got this one touchdown this past week on one catch so you have an opportunity yep. to make something out of nothing here uh as an add-on piece um and obj is the add-on just want <laughs> so to be clear here uh and, and i will say again like <laughs> right. if you have a roster spot with someone just sitting there like whatever like i can easily just pick somebody up here and i don't care to drop the person that you have there at the end of your bench throw Rashad bateman on your bench for this thursday night game and see if his role increases even more uh because his route participation uh took a big jump and he's just looking uh he's just looking way better. His routes are looking crispier and um I'm looking at his route participation now it jumped up all the way to 77%, uh which is close to a full-time player and he got a 20% target share. Okay, so that is also a season high. So just keep that in mind. Just this is one of those situations right. where we kind of knew that he was going to start slow. You know, a lot of the uh, well a lot of the you know medical professionals talking about this you know list frank surgery said that he's going to talk he's going to start slow and it's possible that he has a very different looking end of season here because he has that type of upside it's a one percent chance like one of those shots that you take just to see what happens on thursday night if you play on sleeper if you play on yahoo you can just drop him after thursday night if he doesn't do anything and pick up somebody else yep
1: nah that's yep. a good call right there and the other thing to note with odo beckham is that his touchdown last week not this, not this past week um, where he had the one catch, but the week before that against Seattle, that was a complete garbage time touchdown. It, Tyler Huntley threw it to him. So, like, you, hey, and you know have,
0: why he got know. it, right? You know why he got the touchdown, right?
1: It was his know, birthday. Uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Either way, garbage <laughs> time. <That's what laughs> it I'm was saying. garbage time.
0: It was his birthday. Happy birthday, OBJ. <laughs> unfortunately,
1: every, unfortunately, not every Sunday can be OBJ's birthday, so <laughs> you can't really rely on that
0: but every sunday can be yours the rest of the way if you follow this advice okay i I tried i tried my best on that one um i couldn't really get it done though like almost almost you you gave me the alley oop and i i missed the dunk um right off the rim there (laughs) guys thank you so much for listening this was a lot of fun to do this show uh every single wednesday we're gonna still do shows you know, like we're not gonna like just not do shows on Wednesday. We're still gonna have a show coming on. We and um, you know, make sure to continue to tune in. Um, I think next week we might touch on some trades here and there, uh, but it'll be a different format. But if you have any questions, just hit us up on Instagram. Um, and and we'll be back tomorrow with our quarterback and running back show with Steve from Fantasy Guides. And that's it that's going to do it for this episode appreciate you guys thank you if you if you can subscribe to the podcast that would mean the world to us it, it'll just help us out so much if you find any value from this show um if we helped you at all just uh subscribe to the pod we appreciate you take it easy, guys see you later bye-bye